Welcome to a special mini episode of Broadway World Sun Like a Pop Podcast. I'm Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, we just did a full episode about our favorite TV shows for this summer, things that we are really enjoying watching, and things that we are recommending to other people. Now we want to do a little bit about what summer normally is in the pop culture world, and that is movies. You and I have not seen nearly as many movies this summer as we have TV shows, but we have seen some, so we wanted to share our thoughts on those. The first big one that everybody is talking about for many, many different reasons is the reboot. I think it's officially a reboot, not a sequel or a remake. I think a reboot is fair. It is a reboot of the Ghostbusters based on the original movie series there was only two but there was the cartoons and stuff so um this is officially the 2016 reboot and the thing that has gotten the most press from the moment this was announced instead of manly men like bill murray dan Aykroyd, ernie hudson and harold ramus these ghostbusters are women and apparently there's a lot of there's a lot of fanboys out there who took that personally and got really upset about it. Jen, you and I have both seen this movie, and I think we've both got a lot to say about it. My first snapshot of what I thought was, this movie is more than funny enough to shut up the misogynistic comments from fanboys who wouldn't know what to do with a real woman if they tried. Is it... Is it funny enough to make you forget the original Ghostbusters? That's going to be individual taste. I liked the first Ghostbusters, but it is not a canon movie for me. It's not one that I like worship at the altar of, although there are altars to worship at in the Ghostbuster movies. So I think it's going to be on personal preference. Is it the best comedy I've ever seen? No, but I have never been rooting for a comedy as hard as I rooted for this one. Yeah, uh, I honestly, it wasn't really on my radar until all the misogyny started. And I was like, well, I guess I have to go see it because now it <laughs> has to win the box office because all these virgins aren't going to make it happen. So I can't stand fanboys like that because mostly because of the misogyny, but because you haven't seen it. If you see it and it's horrible, then have an, something to say. But just the very idea of the casting, like that's just ridiculous to me. And these are four of the funniest women yes. ever. They, uh, I just really liked it. Do you want to just jump right in? Yeah, go for it. Okay, first of all, I'm just, I'm just going to play the feminist card very shortly. And okay. it was a triumph for feminism. Just for the mere fact that the ending wasn't someone ending up with a man. That wasn't even on the radar. It was no romance in sight. It was all about these women on a mission. And I wanted to stand up and cheer. <laughs> well, there was, I mean, there's a little hint. There's flirting, but there's, there's nothing. Flirting. It's so yes. irrelevant. And I loved it. And what's funny about it is, is the flirting that's there is played for comedic effect. It is very much, it passes the Bechtel test in every imaginable way. And what I think is even more important from the feminist side of things and I am not somebody who believes that a man can be a feminist, uh, at least not publicly, because if you say you are, you're just looking for attention, so you don't deserve that that moniker. But what I will say, just from an outsider uh, looking at it, what I enjoyed the most about it was, is that this movie, more so than the original movie, was about friendship. And I think that is so much more important about, from a female perspective, because we get so many movies about male friendship, but to see a movie about four 
really strong, really intelligent women in their own way being friends and having their friendship be effectively their superpower um, was really great. And like you said, these four women, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones, are four of the funniest women working today. I have been a Melissa McCarthy fan for 15 years, dating back to Gilmore Girls. But what her and Kristen Wiig did in Bridesmaids with Paul Feig, who is the director uh, of this Ghostbusters, was a huge step forward for female comedies. This is a comedy nothing like that. It is very different in terms of the type of comedy. But it is still in that same vein about women being better together than they are against each other. Because so many times our movies where there's a lot of female characters, they are antagonistic towards each other for some petty reason that doesn't make sense. And that is so not the case here. No, not at all. And um, like you, you're a big Melissa McCarthy fan. I am a huge Kate McKinnon fan. Ever since she stepped oh. on stage at Saturday Night Live, I'm like, this chick is great. And she is, I feel like this is going to blow her up as far as star status because she's just, I don't, she was just weird. dynamic. On she's weird. She's, so she's really, really weird in this movie. And like a weird where you can't stop watching because you don't want to miss her doing something even weirder than you've already seen. Oh, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, it is, it is bizarre and she is kooky. She plays the team's engineer who builds all of the equipment and she is just strange. I mean, there's no other, I'm, I'm trying to come up with other ways to describe her, but that's really it. She's just strange. She is. And because she's filling that role, it kind of throws Kristen Wiig into the, like the straight man yes. or woman role, which <laughs> you don't see very often, but she's great. Yeah. And then there was all this hubbub online, like Leslie Jones. Oh, of course, the black woman's going to be, you know, the non-scientist. But nobody yeah. mentions that she's like a genius scholar <laughs> yeah. or that she's the one that kind of comes up with this plan. And she knows, like, it, that's never mentioned. It's just, oh. Well, and that's because people were saying that before they saw the movie. Exactly. And she's great. <laughs> like, she's such yeah. a great addition to that foursome. It's They were so good together, the four of them. Yeah, and we will say that Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig are like physicists or something. I don't know. Kate McKinnon is a uh, is an engineer, like we said. Leslie Jones plays a subway worker who is also an avid reader and knows like a lot of history about New York City and is kind of like the one who does all the research and does a lot of the planning. So for the people who said, oh, it's racist that the black woman isn't the scientist, it's again – they didn't watch it because she's actually just as intelligent as anybody else in the movie. So I, I sympathize with what they were saying and that because it does look bad. But again, wait till you see it before you jump on your on your horse, whether you're a fanboy or a social justice warrior. Um, and, and to pile on that, and I'm not going to give away any of the cameos because they're correct. I mean, everyone knows the original cast makes appearances, but there's also some great cameos. Yes. But... Towards the end, one of my favorite cameos says my favorite line in the movie, and that's safety lights are for dudes. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Who's so that? hard at that. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> safety lights are for dudes. I don't remember that. I, I can't place it. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, yeah. Th we know that the original cast makes makes a lot of cameos. There are some other great ca Okay. Jen just <laughs> messaged me, and I remember now. Yes. Um 
it, and the reason that 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 pops up, I think, in the is that in the credits or is that it's during the credits? Yeah, during the credits. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, but there are some great ones. One of my favorite ones. I'm going to spoil one because I don't think he's big enough to get a cameo. But there's a really great joke with Ed Begley Jr. who often <laughs> I think gets mistaken for Egon. Um, he did not play Egon. That was Harold Ramis, even though he kind of looks like Egon. Um, but there was a great joke with him early in the movie and, and this isn't a cameo. Uh, Cecily Strong is, has a supporting part in the movie as well. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, she's another Saturday Night Live person who's in there. And even though she's got some jokes, she's essentially playing straight. And, uh, you know, I thought she was really good. And we haven't mentioned, of course, the secretary. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. And-, yeah, and he needs to knock it off because, listen, you are very pretty and you are very strong and you are very good at action movies. Don't be funny. Don't <laughs> be like have everything. Like, that's just not fair. Because he actually is really funny in this movie. Like, he holds his own with these four women. And obviously, he doesn't have nearly as much to do in terms of, like, carrying plot. He's just kind of there to be man candy and and humor but he's really good at it too and and i've been watching as they've been doing press i've seen um melissa and Kristen on the tonight show this week and both of them were raving at how good he was at improvising like yeah. they were just doing scenes and he started rattling things off and he was cracking them up that's not bastard. cool man that's not cool bastard and bastard. that whole ending sequence with the dance i'm not gonna oh give anything God. away but i was crying Yes, the, this is one of those movies that it's not a Marvel movie where you have to sit through the credits to get to something at the end. This is a movie where you can't get up because there is something going on through almost all of the credits. Then there's a scene after the credits are over. So this is one you're going to want to stay for, but the credits themselves are very funny. Yeah, I think I haven't heard how it's doing. I Have you? It's. Yeah, it's. I just looked it up. It did yesterday, so Friday, the first day, night it was open. It did about seventeen point two million dollars. It is looking to get upwards of close to fifty million dollars in the opening awesome. weekend, which is not like a you know Marvel movie level, but it's but pretty for good. A comedy. It, 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 yeah, it's not a bomb. It is going to do very well for a couple of weeks. The problem is, is that be. I don't know that this will play as well internationally as like the Marvel movies do because while there is definitely things blowing up in this, so there is some connection uh, with the Marvel other than other than Thor himself. Um, I'm not sure that this will play well as well internationally. It, it, apparently, China has denied its ability to screen in China, but I think it's going to make money and it, it's it's got a post credit scene, so that always means they're setting things up for a sequel. So I would be shocked if it didn't have one. The other thing I was going to say, and you will make fun of me for this, but I kind of thought it was kind of scary at some points. Well, the thing that I liked about it a lot is there was definitely a couple scares. There's great humor. I love the humor. But what I really liked about it was is that it was very much an homage to the original. It was not looking to distance itself. It was not looking to recreate it. But it was very much in the same 
humor. There were little jokes and little nods beyond the cameos we mentioned. But, you know, the little, they, they use some of the same lines in unexpected situations. But also the artwork was very true to the original. Like, that movie is 32 years old. And you would think that with all the CGI stuff that we have today, that they could go above and beyond and make all these cool things. And what they made was great. But it still looks like it's in the same world as that original. I mean, even the the proton blaster thingy majiggies look very organic, look very real, look like something that could have been created by Kate McKinnon. But they also look very much like what the original Ghostbusters packs would have produced. And so I'm very impressed with every aspect about this, the the, the acting, the comedy, the writing, the the art, everything about this was just done well. Did you happen to notice uh, at the very beginning and when, when Kristen's wig was at Columbia, the Harold Ramis bust yes. in the background? Yes, the I gold bust. I loved that. It was so subtle and it was just kind of like a wink, like, yeah, he's here. Yeah. yeah, he's the only member of the original cast who has passed away, or at least any of the, 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 the main cast that has passed away. So to have him be the first one to do a cameo just in a bust of himself was great. So yeah, I love that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, even though I was in a screening that was part critics and part like super fans, very few people reacted to that. Not nearly as many as I would have thought. Yeah. Um, the, I was in the theater at nine o'clock in the morning. So I was one of four <laughs> people, but nice. I went, Oh, and you know, the one thing sucker. I will, yeah. The one thing I will say, and this disappoints me is that, um, there was one member of the original cast that was not in it, and it is because he, after his wife died years ago, and he is kind of retired. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? I do, and I understand. And it was a little disappointing, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, and that is that's Rick Moranis. Um, he is not. He did not get a cameo in this one. I was really hoping he would, and I mean, he's pretty much stopped working in uh, in anything since his wife died. So there's. No chance of a uh, of a Honey I Shrunk the Kids sequel coming out anytime soon. But other than that, I thought it was it was it was perfect. Yeah, I, I'm so happy for them, and I, I would actually see it again. Um, I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so good for them. Good for the Ghostbusters. Okay, Jen, you've seen a movie or two. I've seen a movie or two. So we just want to go through them real quick because I don't think we've both seen any of the same movies. So let's just give some real quick reviews. I'll start off with I saw Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, which is the ridiculous comedy starring Zac Efron, Adam Devine, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Stephen Root, uh, Sugar Lynn Beard. It is oh, and Kamal Najani. It is hilarious. It what I loved about this movie is, and I wrote this in my review for Broadway World for decades. Like going back to like Steve Martin and The Jerk, we've seen movies about man children who could never grow up, and we've mined that for comedy. And in almost all of those movies, the women are very put together. They're very refined. They're very smart and sophisticated. This ain't that. This is Zac Efron and Adam Devine's characters, Mike and Dave. They are man-children, but they are completely surpassed by the Peter Pan characters of Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza because they are ridiculous human beings, and it is unbelievable to watch the women 
in a movie get the opportunity to play those types of characters and they do it really really well and i will say they're all great i think my my undying love for anna kendrick is well known to anybody who's either listened to this show or met me in real life um so i love her and she was really great but i'll tell you the person who stole the show for me was a woman named stephanie lynn beard um she does a lot of voice acting she's like done a crap ton of Sailor Moon cartoons. But anyway, she plays the sister of Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave are Zac Efron and Adam Devine's characters. And basically they've screwed up so many family events. They're giving an ultimatum. Uh, they're, they're given an ultimatum that they cannot come to their sister's destination wedding in Hawaii unless they bring respectable dates. So they go through this great rigmarole of posting an ad on Craigslist. Um, to find dates, which obviously that's the perfect thing to do when you're trying to find respectable dates. It gets picked up by Wendy Williams. She has them on the show. And that's where Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick's characters find them. They end up pretending to be really respectable. They go to Hawaii and they basically completely screw up their um, Mike and Dave's sister's wedding. But her, their sister really steals the show. She is hilarious. And she has, Jen, I know you're a big uh, Camille Johnny fan. Uh, that's actually the only scene I've seen. <laughs> you've seen that whole scene. They had a an interview with him on an HBO little exclusive, and they showed that scene, and I was horrified slash crying laughing. Oh my god! I, I can never unsee it. <laughs> no, oh my god! I don't want to ruin it, but the scene with those two in it, I uh, yeah. There's a reason it was on HBO and not another channel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it is quite graphic, but ungodly hilarious. So I love this movie, and I'm, I'm glad again that, you know, kind of tying it with Ghostbusters, that we are expanding the roles and the movies that women are allowed to lead in Hollywood. Because for so long, this would have been a movie where Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza played these sisters who kind of were screw-ups, who got drunk a little bit and they were told they had to bring respectable dates. And then Zach Efron and Adam Devine were the screw ups. It's not, it's the other way around. And I, I really, really love that about this movie. A uh, funny story about Kumail. Yes. He's my favorite comedian. He's also on um, Silicon Valley. He came onto our local radio show here in LA on K rock, Kevin and bean, which I listened to obsessively. And he was talking about this movie and he was telling them that he just had a bit part and he was just on screen for a few seconds and they would, barely even remember it and oh you'll remember yeah but he just it was just a setup because after the dj saw it they were both tweeting him like how dare you why would you tell us that was nothing i'm never gonna unsee this i'm blind and he was just loving every second of it he just totally totally set them up yeah it's a it's a i'll say he plays he plays a masseuse so okay (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, okay we're gonna move on to a movie, Jen, that you saw that I really wanted to see and I just haven't had a chance to. And that is a movie called The Lobster. And and this is a movie that I swear, as soon as I heard it, I figured, well, Joaquin Phoenix has to be in this movie. He's not, apparently, right? He is not. Okay, but he should because this seems like a Joaquin Phoenix type of movie. It is. It is one of those movies when you walk out, you're like, well, I'll never see anything like that again. <laughs> Um, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, that was that. Uh, I I loved it. I haven't stopped thinking about it since. It's been almost a month and a half since I saw it. Basic premise is it's in this 
world where you can't be single for more than, I think it's 30 or 45 days. So if you're married and your spouse dies, or if you reach a certain age and you haven't married anyone, you get sent to this, um, for lack of a better word, resort. It's kind of like a hotel. And there are a lot of people there and you have the chance to you have the chance to mingle and, and meet people. If you do not find a mate within that time allotted, they turn you into the animal of your choice. Ooh. Yeah, process. So basically the premise is that and Colin Farrell shows up after his wife had passed away and he chooses to be a lobster. And it is about him trying to meet someone, trying to navigate through this. There's just so many different levels of philosophy and, you know, the whole staple of having to be, be a mate to be complete. And, you know, there's a, an anti-movement that hides in the woods. And, and then they are to the other extreme where you have to be single and you can never fall in love. So obviously there's no middle ground between the two movements. And it just speaks to a lot of social issues. But it's also just really fascinating. Um, there's some brutal, brutal scenes that are hard to watch. There are at least four people that walked out of the theater I was in. Oh, wow. And... But it's nothing like you have ever seen before. There's also moments that are so hilarious that you just find yourself laughing out loud and you're ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I should not have laughed at that. But it definitely stuck with me. And I think people will be talking about it for a really long time. I hope that you do see it. Yeah, I, I really, really want to. And I plan on it. And what I what's interesting about this movie is, is that this it comes from A24, the independent film company that was behind things like Tusk, which we're going to talk about here shortly because it ties in with another movie that I, uh, that we both want to see. Also, Ex Machina um, and Room and The Witch. And this is a good tie-in because you talk about how bizarre this movie is and it's nothing like you've ever seen. The next movie that I've seen, also from A24, is like nothing you have ever seen. And that is a little movie called Swiss Army Man. And it stars, you know, that Harry Potter guy, Daniel Radcliffe, and Paul Dano. And basically, Paul Dano, who... Jenna, you're familiar with him, right? Oh, yeah. I okay. love him. He's, uh, little, little Miss Sunshine and There yeah. Will Be Blood. Yeah, he's a guy that's like... He's just one of those working actors that's that's doesn't get a whole lot of buzz... But he's like always in really good movies. He was in The Prisoners. He was the weird kidnapping suspect in The Prisoners movie with, um, with Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard. Then he played Brian Wilson, the younger Brian Wilson in Love and Mercy. But basically, the movie opens with him stuck on a desert island. And we see all of these like messages in a bottle that he sent out that have not been retrieved. We come to him on the island. He's got this huge beard. It's obviously he does. It's obvious. It's obvious he doesn't have a lot of food, and he's about to hang himself. When all of a sudden he sees a body wash up on shore. Of course, he's mid hanging, and so he gets himself out of his out of the noose. He runs over. It's Daniel Radcliffe. He tries to 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 revive him, but it's clear that this person is dead. He then says, "Well." That doesn't change anything, so I'm going to go kill myself again. So he goes, and he's getting ready to hang himself again. And all of a sudden, as dead bodies do, his you know, biologically accurate, the body starts farting. 
And, you know, when a body, you know, a person dies, the body pushes out everything that's in the body. So excrement, you know, wind, whatever you want to call it. But this is not normal farting. It starts shaking the body. So Paul Dano's character, Hank, decides that he is going to use Daniel Radcliffe's character. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this. He's going to use him as a jet ski and he rides him while farting to land and it believe it or not that's the least weird thing you see in this whole movie and it basically they go through the woods and he's trying to get back to civilization and basically anytime he needs something daniel radcliffe's dead body gives it to him water a very anatomically awkward compass and more comes of it, and it's just a very weird, weird movie. And much like you talked about The Lobster, there are some things where you're dying laughing, and you are ashamed of yourself for doing so. So it's not going to be for everybody. It is very much weird. But it's one of those movies that if you are willing to take the risk and go along with the story, it's really good. I mean, and it's really deep and nuanced and it has a lot of of layers to it that i think it's one of those if you watch it multiple times you're going to peel more and more back i feel like anatomically awkward compass is a band i would see at coachella (laughs) if you can read between the lines of what i'm talking about i I know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah it's it's just now and there are things where he he is able to teach daniel radcliffe's character to speak even though he's dead and he tries to teach him how to be a person again. And so that's what a lot of this movie is. And then it gets into like a a lot of personal stuff with, you know, what I don't want to give too much away for people who see it. But if you're willing to take the journey of really weird movies, this is one I'd recommend. Well, all right then. All right. So those are what we've seen. The movies we are looking forward to. Let's just kind of run through some of these, Jen. One that I know you're really looking forward to. I'm scheduled to see it this week at a press screening. And I'm... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm moderately looking forward to it. Like, I'm not not looking forward to it. I've never been a huge lover of this franchise. But I've never been a big hater of them either. I've enjoyed them. As long as they didn't give me motion sickness. And that is the new film, Jason Bourne. I am very excited about this. I inexplicably love this, this franchise. I don't know why. I'm not a big action movie person. But... Keep in mind, when Matt Damon was cast as this, he yeah. was known for, like, indie movies and Goodwill Good hunting. hunting. Yeah. And he was just this, like, skinny little kid, and he was all about the acting and the method. So when you when I first saw The Born Identity, I was like, what is happening? He just was <laughs> enveloped Jason Bourne. And I was familiar with the, the books because my brothers were obsessed with them when I was little. But it just was one of those casting where you, you couldn't see it, and now you can't unsee it. So I am excited about it. I know that they had tried to reboot it with with Renner, but the fact that he's back, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I, I'm like you said. I, I've seen all of them that have featured Damon. I didn't see the Renner one, and I have honestly could not tell you what the hell any of them are about. Like I just, I understand there's like some organization that brain you know, like wipes people's memory and makes them super soldiers, but beyond that, I have I have no idea. Like. Julia Stiles is kind of like a CIA person who helps him, but I can't remember, like, if there's more. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter. That's not what these movies are about. Um, It's just about kind of these great 
scenes that they construct to show how cool Jason Bourne is. Yeah, I'm jealous that you get to go see it. Sorry. I'll let you know thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Okay, so the next one that we are both super excited to see, and this is one I mentioned earlier when we were talking about A24, is the movie Yoga Hosers, which is just a weird name, and it is because it comes from the mind of the incomparable Kevin Smith. Um, Kevin Smith, a couple years ago, directed a movie called Tusk. It was a movie about a a podcaster, ironically, who was kidnapped while doing a story in Canada, and his kidnapper literally tries to turn him in to a walrus. And through mutilation and surgery, and as weird as it sounds, it was my favorite movie of 2014. So I was even more excited when I started reading up on it, because I went into it knowing very little, that this was apparently the first of a trilogy of movies from Kevin Smith called the True North Trilogy that would live in this world. The second movie would star two small characters from Tusk who were convenience stores, two small characters from Tusk who were convenience store clerks played by Lily Rose Depp. Yes, that Depp. And Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, named for the villain in the Batman movies who is going to be part of the Suicide Squad. So they are now, um, the leads of this movie. And Jen, all I really know is, is like the bad guy is like a bratwurst, like a brat, like yeah. a, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a, it's played by Kevin Smith. He's like a Nazi brat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just very weird. It's got a lot of people from this, from the first, from the, from Tusk. Johnny Depp is in it, almost unrecognizable. Ralph Garman, who is Kevin Woo! Smith's podcasting partner, who you love. It's my hero. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense, who is in Tusk as well. Genesis Rodriguez. Um, Tony Hale is in this. Natasha Leone is in it. Adam Brody. Um, it's just, it looks like one of those movies that is going to be ridiculous, but funny. They're doing a big road tour of it. Um, and so it's, it's playing in a bunch of cities across the country. It will officially open in September, but because it is playing a lot of cities around the country already, we, we can include it in this. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, Kevin Smith is one of my heroes. I see anything he does. I follow his podcast. I go to his live broadcasts, everything. So to see him branching out into this new kind of experimental, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want because it makes me laugh phase of his career. I'm just enjoying it because Tusk, I loved Tusk. It was so bizarre, but you could just see in the movie how much fun they were having. Yes. And and that's all I'm asking for. With all those actors, you know Ralph Garman. I listen to him every morning. He makes me laugh every day. I'm so excited he's getting a big role. And this it's just going to be ridiculous. And I'm not asking anything more from it than that. So I'm really excited to see it. I just, uh, I think he's done with that stoner comedy thing and he's moving on, you know, as he grows up, you know, yeah. you try a new thing and, and I love that he's just continuing in a different way. Yeah. And what I think is really cool about Kevin Smith's career, I, I, one thing I will say is that he's always kind of just done whatever the hell he wants, like with Clerks, which was, you know, a very different movie than what we were used to. And then Mallrats and Dogma, which I think is a criminally underrated movie but he just kind of does things out of the box and i I think this is really really interesting he also as you know is a ginormous comic book fan and he is very involved with a lot of comic book tv shows he directed 
one of the best episodes of, well, really of any comic book show on TV right now when he directed an episode of The Flash a couple months ago, and it's fantastic. So I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan as well, and really looking forward to Yoga Hosers. Me too. All right, in a movie that is, ironically, not dissimilar from Yoga Hosers, Jen is one that I know you're super excited about. It's an animated movie. That stars Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, James Franco, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, Paul Rudd, Nick Kroll, Selma Hayek, so many people, Sugarland Beard, who I mentioned earlier from Mike and, uh, Mike and Dave. And that is a movie called, <laughs> called Sausage Party. I am really excited about this. Um, it's kind of a sinister reason I'm excited about it, but I love that when people think that just because something is animated, that it's for kids. And this is not. No. And I know that inevitably there will be parents who will take their children to see this and be outraged. Well, Very it excited is, about that. It is, it is rated R. So if they do it, it's on them. Yeah, which makes me even happier because we got to thin out the herd. Yeah. Anyway, I just love this group of actors, this whole little Judd Apatow alumni click that get together yeah. and make stupid movies every few years this is the end it's still one of my favorite movies and it's just is such an original concept like they're trying to make food empathetic and so <laughs> i'm just uh, the trailer just made me laugh i'm just excited for it. it it'll be silly and provide a lot of you know dick jokes which i'm a big fan of so i'm in well you you did tell us how much you enjoyed boys so. <laughs> that's out, a- of con- out of contest that's gonna get me arrested yeah, that's a, that's a throwback to our TV episode that we did. So listen if you didn't get that. But yeah, again, it's the first animated radar movie to be released in theaters since Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters. And it's the first CGI animated film to receive an R rating. But it is from a screenplay of Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Kyle Hunter, and Ariel Schaefer. It, it's, I, I can't imagine this being any good at all. But I also cannot imagine it not being hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay. Just a couple more that I wanted to throw in myself. We've mentioned this before in our previews. And that's Suicide Squad. Uh, the, the last Warner Brothers DC comic movie sucked. But I've still got my fingers crossed that this one will have a little more humor. It's got a really good cast with Will Smith, Jared Leto, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, Jai Courtney, um, Adewale Akinone Agbajaja. Damn it. I thought I had it, but I didn't. Oh, Mr. so close. Mr. Echo from Lost. Kara uh, Delevingne. How do you say her name? Do you know who that is? Kara Delevingne. Is it just Delavine? Well, what's with all yeah. the extra consonants? But yeah, she's she, in Paper Towns. Yeah, I was gonna say she's turned into like she was like a model who turned into be like an actually really good actress, and she did something on social media a while back where she just like shot somebody down. So she's a really interesting person as well. So I'm hoping this one is good. Um, and then the other one is one that I'm hoping is good as well. I, I don't have as high of expectations as, as I do coming out of Ghostbusters or uh, Mike and Dave. But it's the movie Bad Moms, which is kind of like the grown-up version of what I was talking about with Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza's characters in uh, in that movie. And it stars Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell, who are, I mean, come on. I love those two. I mean, how can you not? How can any guy not? <laughs> but also uh, Catherine Hahn. Jada Pinkett Smith is in it. Christina Applegator is in it. And it's basically three moms who get tired of being 
the the only adults in their world and they snap and just go crazy. So I really want this to be good. I have no idea if it's going to be any good. It comes out um, in a couple weeks. Um, I have not heard anything in terms of reviews so far, you know, but I'm, I, I'm excited and I, I've got my fingers crossed that it won't suck. Well, I will say two quick things. One for Suicide Squad, I feel like the tagline should be, come on, you know it's not going to be worse than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> That's true. And for Bad Moms, I love all those women very, very much. And like you have, we've stated repeatedly, I love that you know all these women are headlining movies. That's not just about romance. Yeah. But I'm I'm not the demographic for this because I don't care about parenting struggles. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't care. But with the comedic chops of these women, like Christina Applegate, Dude. I think she's so underrated as a comedian over like decades. She's De- just yeah. been stellar. And since, since married with children, it's married with children, and she, and she just plays such a good bad guy. Yeah. So it'll be great. Um, I, I'm I might watch it like on HBO or when it comes out on streaming or everything. I probably yeah. won't run to the theaters, but I really do hope they do well. Me too. Me too. I, and yeah, this will probably unless I mean I might go to the press screening if I get invited, um, if it's convenient. But if not, this will probably be a good red box one. Like I, I I'll watch it eventually because I love Mila Kunis and 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 Kristen Bell. So. I have no problem supporting them in that. So, all right. Okay, thanks for listening to this special mini-episode of Broadway World, Some Like It Pop. We will have, I don't know what order these episodes are going to come out. So we've got a TV, summer TV episode that's out. We're going to do a real quick Emmy one here, I think. And then eventually we're going to do our list of Palooza about our top 10 favorite summer movies of all time. So just pay attention to your feeds. Follow us on Twitter. Tell us what you want us to talk about, and we'll get to you there. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps other people find us. We invite you to get in touch with Jen and me and let us know what your thoughts are on the shows, movies, and topics that we discuss every week. We'll be back soon with some other episode, whatever one comes out next. And uh, until then, we'll, we'll see you around the Broadway world. <laughs>